Gospels, I'd like you to go ahead and open them. Uh, to, you can go ahead and open them now to, uh, to Proverbs chapter 18. We'll get there in a moment. Um, for a few weeks, we have been, I'm going to go off camera for those of you that are joining us online for just a moment, but uh, for some weeks, we have been, we have been, <coughs> excuse me, looking at surrendered words, surrendered words, and what those mean to a person who is a follower of Jesus Christ. At some point, you recognized your need for the Savior. You recognized that without Him, you're lost. You, you understood that, that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead for you, and you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. But when we surrender our lives to Him, it's not, Lord, just take this part of me, but it's, Lord, take all of me. Last month, we were looking at our surrendered minds, how this mind that God gave us is, 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 is to be surrendered to Him. It, it, it's a part of when we give our lives to Christ, and He guards us, and He keeps us, and the battleground that is our minds, we can come out victorious because Jesus is in our lives and because we are in His. Last week, and continuing now into this week and, and beyond, we're looking at, at the, the, the surrendered, surrendered words, the, the things that we say. And I, I'm, praying, I'm praying that in these weeks that the Lord will do an amazing, powerful work in the things that we say or to some degree the things that we write, but the things that we communicate. So much of human interaction is by the things that we say, the things that we listen to, the things that we write, and the things that we read. Words are an important part of our lives. And to a follower of Jesus Christ, our words need to be different than they were before. So I'm praying that we will allow the Lord to effect change in what we, in what we say. <clears throat> a theme verse for this series of messages is Proverbs chapter 18. You're there. In verse 21, it reads this way, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. It says here, the tongue, or our words, can bring life or they can bring death. I was talking with someone earlier this morning, and they said how they, they made a comment to someone and, and they saw that that person just kind of crumble a little bit because what they said was harsh. And yet at the same time, how many times have we said things and it, it brought life to people? There, there's power in what we say or to some degree what we write or read or listen to. The tongue has the power of life and death. Our words have the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And so this is here from Proverbs chapter 18. But the book of Proverbs, right, there are 31 different chapters of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs really has a great deal to say about our, our words, I've read it many, many times. I've shared before that, that one of the things that I do in my daily reading, I, I read the Bible almost every day in the morning, um, uh, spend time in God's Word, and I'll read throughout the Bible, but I, I read a corresponding proverb whatever day it is. Today's the 13th. We'll read the 13th proverb 
And there's so much wisdom there, and I just love the book of Proverbs, so I've read it many, many times, and, and, and it says a great deal about what we say or the words that we use. And I've noticed something that as I've read through the book of Proverbs a number of times and see what it has to say about what we say, I find that what it says about words or the things that we say falls into three different categories, right? You're going to hear those today. Three different categories. And to help us understand and remember this, I am likening our words, the things that we say or write, uh, I'm, I'm likening our words to different kinds of, get, get ready for this, different kinds of stones or, or rocks, about different kinds of stones or rocks, and you'll, you'll, see, you'll understand this here in just a moment. First of all, and I have a little, you were wondering what all this is up here. Um, uh, first of all, I have uh, 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 a stone, this, this is it here, and like some stones, like some stones, some words are very easily picked up and thrown. This, uh, I, I hold in my hand here a a, uh, a rock that I found here on the property, on the church property. I went looking specifically for this, and I found just the right rock. Now, I, I have to tell you, I am rather adept at rock throwing. I really am. My brother and I, when we were small, uh, before we had BB guns, we had rock fights. Anyone else ever have a rock fight with someone? Have you ever noticed, by the way, that no one ever wins in a rock fight? It's just kind of the last man standing, maybe. Boy, I tell you, I, I, being a, an experienced rock thrower uh, from, a, from my childhood, I went and I found just the perfect one. This is a great rock for rock throwing. You know why? First of all, you can hide it in your, put it in your hand and you can hide it. <laughs> no one will ever see it. And uh, uh, it's, it's big enough, it's small enough to hide and they won't see it coming. It's big enough to inflict maximum damage. This is a great rock for rock throwing. Um, I found also that for throwing rocks, really, almost any rock that is not too large, almost any rock will do. Rocks, I have found, are readily, these kinds of rocks, throwing rocks, are readily available. They are easily thrown. They are often forgotten once they're thrown. I tell you, I've thrown hundreds of rocks maybe thousands. It's been a while since I've been in a rock throwing contest, but, but I've thrown a lot of rocks. But I've noticed something. Never once have I ever thrown a rock and go, oh, I miss that rock. That was a precious rock. Throwing rocks are readily available, easily thrown, often forgotten once thrown, but they do a lot of damage in a short time. Now, I would never do this now, but if I were to line you up against the wall and throw this at you, even if you were to deflect it with your hands, um, it would probably damage your hands. I have a good shoulder and I could throw pretty hard. It would hurt you. If I were to be standing in front of a building, um, I would chip that building or I would scar that building. If I were standing in front of a plate glass window, boy, howdy, this is made for plate glass windows. Rocks have a way of inflicting damage in a rather short time. Have you found that words can be like that? Have you found that the things that we say, 
the words that we say can be kind of like a thrown rock. They're readily available, easily thrown, often forgotten once we throw them, and they're damaging. Words can be like that. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9, reads this way, With their mouths, or their words, the godless destroys their neighbor. That's God's word. With their mouths, or their words, the godless destroys their neighbor. We can bring destruction to people with our words. Please don't raise your hands now, but have you ever been on the receiving end of a, and by neighbor, it doesn't mean just the person who lives next to us. It means the people with whom we interact. It means the people that we associate with. Have you ever been on the receiving end of someone's damaging words or, and again, don't raise your hands, or have you ever been on the throwing end of damaging words. That happens. And it says here again, with their mouths or their words, the godless destroys their neighbor. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 12 says, whoever derides, that, that means belittles, puts down, whoever derides his neighbor has no sense. I'm going to paraphrase this. If you maliciously put someone down with your words, it's dumb. That's what it means. Makes no sense. It, it's, it's dumb. It's a dumb thing to do to take your words and maliciously put someone down. It's like taking a really, a really easily picked up rock and throwing it at someone and damaging them. You may never think of doing that with something so hard and, and, and physically destructive as a, as a rock, but sometimes we do that with with our words. Proverbs chapter 25, these are all from Proverbs. Proverbs 25 verse 18 says, like a club or a sword or a sharp arrow is one who gives false testimony against a neighbor. False testimony, it says here, that means lying. And we usually lie with our words, right? We can deceive in other ways, but usually we lie with our words. And and, and, and let me tell you right up front here, God hates lying. Lying means to, to say something that is not true, but we try to pass it off as truth. God hates that. How many here, again, don't raise your hands, how many here have said something about something, someone that isn't true or something that is not true has been said about you? And I'll tell you what, if you're on the receiving end of that kind of a rock, Ooh, that's painful. Huh. Why would they say that about me? They, that's not true. There's no truth to that whatsoever. But boy, it, you, when, you, when you're lied about or you're lied to, it's damaging. It's like a rock thrown right through a window. God hates lying. He really does because it's, a, it's such a destructive thing. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6, 16 through 19, it says this. There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. By the way, let me just add this. If you ever wonder the things, does God hate this? Here's a list of seven things, six things that he hates and seven that he finds detestable. Um, uh, 
If you want to find out what God hates, it says it right there. Now, there are other things that he hates, but it says it right there. God hates these things. In fact, he hates lying so much, maybe you noticed, he hates lying so much, it made it twice on the things that he hates the most. Did you notice that? He hates it. He hates the destruction that comes when we make up lies or we repeat lies or we forward lies. With our words, we can, we can do damage with lying. God hates it so much. And please notice here that the last thing that God hates that's listed there, the last thing that God hates, a person who stirs up conflict or, or discord is how some translations put it, a person who stirs up conflict or discord in a community, God hates that. By the way, in this context, it's talking about a con- in the context of a community of of people of like-minded faith or a community of believers. God hates it when somebody brings discord or conflict within a community of believers. He hates it. He hates it. Now, I'm not saying some of you may be new here or you're here for the first time in a long time and you're wondering, boy, is there conflict and he's addressing it now kind of a... No, I'm not aware of any. I simply know this, that that conflict, which often begins or often uh, is, is uh, perpetuated with our words by the things that we say conflict almost always happens with our words, God hates that. He hates it. Now, now here, right here in Proverbs chapter 6, you have this, this list of things that God hates, but Maybe you have been on the receiving end of malicious words. Maybe you've been, so to speak, against the wall and somebody hurled a rock at you. Again, there are a lot of people here, and, 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 and we know the old maxim, the old saying that, that goes, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. It's cute. It's not true, right? I have... I have I have been on the receiving ends of sticks and stones. Don't think any of them broke my bones, but that would heal and I wouldn't think about it. But how many of us have been injured deeply or we have injured deeply by words? Here's some good news, and I haven't gotten to the best part of this message yet, but Here's some good news. If you've been on the receiving end or sometimes on the, rec- on the sending end of malicious words, someone said something damaging to you. Here's some really good news. We serve a healer and his name is Jesus. I was talking with someone on the phone last night and talking about an injury that this person had sustained. And, and I said, man, the great news is that Jesus heals. He really does heal. And, and I know that he heals physically. I've experienced that. Some of you have experienced that. Thank God for it. But I'll tell you, for every one time that Jesus has healed my body, he's healed me hundreds of times in my spirit. Oh, words can be painful and they can be damaging. People can take that rock and with a careless word, they can chuck that thing right into your heart. And it hurts. But Jesus heals. So this morning, you can't You can't continue to play the victim and carry what someone did to you because if someone injured you, then glory to God, go to the healer, he'll heal you, and you don't need to be the victim anymore. 
Well, these verses that we just read, they show how words can damage others, but those words can also damage those who throw them. Did you, did you ever think about that, 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 that we think that in throwing them, we're damaging others, but really in throwing them, the Bible says here in the book of Proverbs that we're actually damaging ourselves. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 17 says, the cruel bring ruin on themselves. How many cruel people with their words, how many people have cruelly said things, but it says here that they actually bring damage to themselves. So, uh, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 27 says, whoever, this is a different analogy, but you, you understand, whoever digs a pit will fall into it. If someone rolls a stone, it will roll back on them. Listen, I, this, let this serve as a warning. If, if, if you think that you're going to hurt someone with your words or you intentionally do so, maybe sometimes unintentionally, but if you think I'm going to hurt that person with my words, and it may be spoken, it may be written, it may be sent as a, elect, electronically, it may be on social media, but let me tell you, it says here that if you, if you dig a pit for someone thinking that they'll fall into it, you're going to fall into it. If you roll a stone thinking, I'm going to crush this person, it's going to roll back on you. That's what it says in God's Word. So when we start throwing rocks, we're not just hurting them, we're hurting ourselves. Proverbs chapter, here's some good news. Proverbs 21 verse 23 tells us that those who guard their mouths... Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. Boy, that's a good one to put up. Put that one on the refrigerator. We need to guard what we say. We need to guard what we say, not only in public, not only electronically, not only on social media, but privately as well. We need to guard what we say. We need to protect. We need to guard our mouths and our tongue because in doing so, we keep ourselves from calamity. You think throwing that rock is just going to hurt them? No, it'll hurt you. Folks, <laughs> there are some here this morning that even right now, you're getting a little bit, or maybe you're joining us online and you're, you're hearing this message and you're going, oh, well, the, the, I, I've, I've blown it. But there are some of you that need to repent. There are some of us here that need to repent for things that we've said and the ways in which we've said it. God does not take lightly the words that we use, written or spoken. He does not take them lightly. Some of you have been chucking those kinds of rocks for so long. It's become a part of you. But I'm telling you, you need, to be, you need to repent of that and you need to be delivered from that. And you need to stop injuring people. Excuse me, you need to stop injuring people with your words. Hear me. Now, if angry, if angry or malicious or lying words can destroy what about the words? What about the words of people who've been transformed by the power of Christ? What about our words? Well, like some stones, our words can actually strengthen and build. Our words can strengthen and build. I have another, I have another stone, another rock here. It's a, uh, it's a piece of granite. And, and this, is, this is, you can see it later, it's a little bit dirty, it's been in, in my shop, but uh, it's, uh, it's a beautiful piece of stone, 
it's quarried, you see the, the clean edges on this. And I, I don't know what this was supposed to be. I made a little craft thing uh, out of another piece. But this is, a, this is a piece of quarried stone. This is a building kind of stone. Right? I mean, you could throw this, but you wouldn't want to. It, it, it costs something. It's valuable. This, you, this, is, you, this, is, this is a throwing stone. This is a building stone. And, and this, is a, this, is a, this is something that you want to use. You build with it, it's purposeful. It's a building stone. Perhaps you knew from reading the Bible and the creation account in the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, the Bible says that God spoke everything into being. Just think about that. With God, almost everything into being. Um, the Bible says that God used words to create everything. It goes something like this. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God said, let the, the, the water divide from the land. And it was so. With words, God created. The only thing that he didn't create with words, the Bible says that he fashioned man out of dust. God made man separate. That's why we're different. We're eternal. And then he breathed into us. That's why we're, we have an eternal part of us. But God, with everything else, God used words to create. And our words, while our words will never be able to do what God's words did, Right? I'm, I'm never going to be able to create just with my words. But our words can build and encourage and in, instruct and affirm and counsel and comfort. My words, your words, and hear me on this. Some of you need to understand, you, you understand how damaging words can be I want you to understand how powerfully purposeful your words can be. God wants to use your words to build something in someone else. Listen to this. This is from Proverbs chapter 15, verse 4. It says, a soothing tongue is a tree of life. <clears throat> Trees have fruit, trees give shade, trees are comforting, trees are good. I like trees, we all like trees. But soothing tongue is like a tree of life. With our words, we can comfort. With our words, we can bring soothing to someone else. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 24 says, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Do you know that your words can be used to graciously help someone heal? Gracious words are a honeycomb. They're sweet to the soul, and they bring healing to the bones. Listen, there are so many people with broken bones in our world, and I'm not talking about physical bones. There are so many people who have been injured in one way or another by what someone else did to them. And I'm saying that as a follower of Jesus Christ, he is calling us to, with the words that he gives us, speak life into and bring healing to people's brokenness. It's not just supposed to be a few persons here and there, a pastor or a counselor or a teacher. 
He desires to use every one of us with Holy Spirit-inspired and empowered words to speak life into people. God wants to use you in that way. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 20 says this, listen to advice, and by the way, advice usually comes through written or spoken words. Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end, you will be counted among the wise. God wants to use you to give godly, helpful, purposeful, building advice to people so that they will be wise. There's some of you that just, you're, you're thinking only in, in the terms of, Jesus, I need healing, rather than going beyond that and saying, God, you want to use me in healing someone else. Hear me on that. Jesus heals and he, he uses that, he, he heals us through others and we need that, but he also wants to use us to that end. Listen to me, parents. There are a lot of parents here. I know we have a lot of parents. There's some that are listening online. There's a lot of parents here um, or listening. Uh, your words can, can build and construct. Your words. I, I mentioned last week, I, I encourage you as families to gather around a table once a day and turn off the TV and turn off the computer and turn off the devices or silence the devices and put them someplace else and sit around a table and talk and, and grow together as a family. Maybe you still have kids at home, regardless of their age. I encourage you to do this. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just you and a spouse. Maybe there's just a very small group or maybe a large group. But I encourage you to understand parents, and to some degree grandparents, you have a purpose in life and that is to build some things into your kids and a lot of that is going to happen through your words. Not lecturing them, but encouraging them and helping them and godly instructing them. God is calling you as a parent to build some things with, the, with your words to build things into their lives. Let me just address teachers here for a moment. Many of you are teachers. We have a lot of educators that are listening, a lot of educators that are a part of our church. Um, uh, very grateful for you. Many of you have a break right now, right? It's uh, school term is done, and boy, did you need it. It feels good. You think the student, you, students, you think you're glad to be out of school? Teachers are even happier. It's true. And, and, but, but listen to me, teachers uh, uh, of any level. Remember that you have those students for a brief season, yet your words will influence them for a lifetime. Let me say that again. You have those students for a brief season, yet your words will influence them for a lifetime. I think of some of the people that were my teachers, particularly when I was in college. It seems like I was more open. God was doing a powerful work in my life. He delivered me some, from some things when I was 17, and I went to college, and it's just like uh, God, and God used people to build, to construct, to build things into my life that are still there to this day. Their words were only there for a season, but they influenced me for a lifetime. Parents and teachers, 
supervisors and bosses, let me just address you for a moment. Your words matter as much or more than your leadership skills. The people that work for you, the people that work under you, they're not just a person that you can need to get as maximum effort out of the minimum amount of time, but they are there in your life. You're a Christian, you're a, you're a godly uh, leader or, or boss of some sort. God has given you those people for a time, and I want you to start understanding that they're not just your employee, there's someone there that you can speak life into. To build with your words. What you say can build things into people. Now, just a moment ago, I said that when damaging words, right, when, when the damaging kinds of stones are thrown, um, those who throw them are damaged. But when our words build up, when our words, when the things that we say, when they build up, when they construct in other people's lives, when they build them up or create something good in others, the Bible says that that also affects the one who uses them. So not only when I throw or when I injure someone am I damaged, but also when I build something in someone, God builds something in me. Listen to this. This is from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. It says this, A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I'm going to give you a little bit of insight into something. Um, one of the things that I have battled with throughout my adult life is, you got everyone's attention now, boy, you're really leaning in, is discouragement. There have been times when I've been deeply discouraged. Things weren't going as well as I thought or I expected them to do. And there have been times when I've been deeply discouraged, but I discovered something a long time ago. That when I am in a discouraging place, that when I encourage others, I am encouraged. There have been so many times on a Monday or a Tuesday when I call up another pastor and I say, how are you doing? And I pray with them and I encourage them. And all of a sudden after that conversation, I, I mean, I do it sincerely. I, I, I don't do it. It's not just self-serving. But there have been so many times that in my discouragement, when I encourage others, I am encouraged. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. I need to add this. When you encourage someone, you may not remember it. But the person you encouraged will never forget it. There have been times when the Lord has used some of you to call, write, note, send a text, whatever, to do something, to build something or another, and you've forgotten it. You've long since forgotten it. But I'll tell you what, at that right time, they'll never forget it. Because you built with your words, sincere, not flattery, with sincere, with sincere words, with sincerity. Well, I have one more. Like some stones... Our words can be valuable and they can be precious to give. Um, I have one more, one more stone. It's the smallest one. Um, this is a, you can't see it. And I don't know if you 
and zoom in on it here, those who are watching online, but it's a, it's a ruby ring. It's a stone. It's a precious stone. Uh, got this, bought this for my wife. If I don't bring this home, I am in so much trouble. Bought this from my wife over 20 years ago, about 22, 23 years ago. It was after our last child was born. We knew we weren't going to have any more children after that. And, and, uh, and I bought her this ring. It has three, uh, three rubies in it, each one, for, um, each one for a different kid. One is bigger than the other. I'll let you determine which one that represents. But three stones. Uh, throwing stones are easily found, right? You just, you just reach down, pick them up. Throwing stones are so, they're, they're, they're free. They're easy, easily obtained, easily thrown. Um, building stones, building stones are quarried and they're used. Building stones are intentional. There's some value here. Buy a piece of, you can get a piece of granite, you're going to pay for it. It's intentional. They're quarried. But, but precious stones, precious stones are sought after. Precious stones are mined. Precious stones are found with great effort. Precious stones are placed in valuable settings. Precious stones are sold at a high price. They're given in love and they're treasured by those who receive them. <laughs> I got this. You know, I, 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 some of you are like, whoa, that's worth a lot. Well, don't break into my house. This is not worth breaking into my house, okay? I mean, it's not, it's nice, honey. It's, I spent a lot of money. It's just not worth five to ten, Okay. Um, so don't, if you're, if you're listening online, you're going, I'm going to break into that. Don't, don't, don't listen. If you, if you, if you want to break into someone's house, see me afterwards. I'll give you the address of other people here in the room who have a lot nicer stuff than we have. All right. I'll, I'll give you their address and say, that's where the loot is. Don't break into my house. But I paid money for this. It's valuable. It's small, smaller than any of these, but it's valuable. Precious stones are found with great effort, placed in valuable settings, sold at a high price, given in love, and treasured by those who receive them. How many words can we say that are precious? You ever heard a precious word? Somebody say something very precious to you? Oh, they were given with great effort. They, 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 they were in a, in a valuable setting or valuable place in your life. They came at a high price. They were given in love and they're treasured for a lifetime. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 15 says, Wise words are more valuable than much gold and many rubies. Now this is valuable, but there are words that we can use. There are words that we can use that are more valuable than a lot of gold. More valuable than precious stones, precious rubies. How many, how many times have people said, I remember what my 
father said to me when I was just a boy. And I know that what I'm about to hear was something that was given in love and it's been treasured for a lifetime. And they repeat that. How many of you have said, oh, I remember what that teacher or that coach told me all those years ago. And then you repeat it. What, what, they gave that to you and it was valuable and it meant something to you and it made a difference in your life and you've held on to it. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 11, like apples of gold in settings of silver is a word spoken at the proper time. Do you remember that time when someone came to you and you were hurting so deeply or you didn't know what to do and they came to you and they said the right thing at the right time and though they may not remember it, you've treasured that ever since that day. There are some things that some of you have to say and you haven't said them. But I promise you that when you say them, and when you say them in love, and you give them with generosity, without expectation of anything back, when you do that, you will give them a treasure that they will hold on to for the rest of their lives. And it's within your power to give that stone. We're so quick to throw some words. We're less quick to build with others. But how many things does God want to use you in saying to someone else and it will be a treasure in their lives? My grandmother, my mom's mom, hard woman, came to Christ, had a hard time demonstrating or expressing love. She came to Christ in her 90s. She died about 20 years ago. She came to Christ in her 90s, and in the very last day of her life, because God had done a work in her life just a few months before. My grandmother said to my mother, she did not, did not have the voice to say it anymore, but she said this. I love you. My mother said that that was one of the greatest treasures that her mother ever gave her. Now, I'm not saying it has to be that particular gem stone. But how about this? How about going up to someone and with your words, even better with your words than written down, telling someone, I love you. Or telling them, thank you. Or telling them, you made a difference in my life here. Or telling them, without you, I don't think I would have made it. Without what you, if you wouldn't have said what you said, I don't know that I would be here today. But I promise you this, 
that rare gem that you give them will be treasured for a lifetime. And some of you are withholding that. I'm going to give you some homework. I don't often do that, by the way. Um, Let me back up a little bit. Stop throwing stones. Repent of it. Stop throwing them. No one wins in a rock-throwing contest. You may get the last rock thrown in, but everyone's going to be bloody. Start building stones. Start using building stones. Speaking life into people. Constructive. Purposeful. Powerful. And very carefully, in the right place, at the right time, in the right setting, I want you to, with your words, even this week, the Holy Spirit has a way of leading us to say, I need to call that person. Thank them. Encourage them. Tell them you love them. Tell them you forgive them. And it will be a treasure with our words. As I said earlier, I am praying that our words will, God will affect change in our words in these weeks. The message that I preached last week was a hard message. Hard to preach, hard to hear. But I'm praying that God does a work in our words. This message this week, some of it a bit uncomfortable because you're thinking, yeah, how did he know that on the way here I said those words? I didn't. I don't know what happened this last time. But I know this, that God wants to change our words. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've surrendered your life to him, you've surrendered to him your mind, you've also surrendered to him your words. May our words reflect the change that he's done within us. This morning, I'm going to ask us that we pray together. In fact, would you do this? Um, Would you stand, please? Join me in standing. Preparing not just our bodies, but our, our hearts for this final thing. We're not done yet. Please don't leave. Whether you're here in the room or you're joining us at home, I want you to do something with me. We're going to pray a portion of God's word. We're going to pray it out loud. If, if you have the ability to speak, if you're in the room or joining us live stream, if you have the ability to speak, I would ask that you pray this prayer. It's from the book of Psalms, chapter 19, verse 14. And it reads this way, May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. It's a prayer. It's a, it's a plea. It's a, it's, 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 it's a, a person crying out from their heart to their Lord, their, their rock, their, their redeemer. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So here's what I'd like you to do. With your eyes open. You can pray with your eyes open because I want you to read this if you've not memorized it. 
But would you join me before I close in prayer? Would you join me in praying this? And if this is really truly, if this is truly your prayer, God, change my words. Help me with my words. Help me understand the power of the words that I say. If that is your prayer, well then out loud, verbally, with your mouths, with your words, let's pray this right now together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Would you pray it again? Lift up your hands and let's just pray this. Let's pray it one more time. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Lord, I believe that people in faith just prayer to pray, pray to prayer that they, 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 they really sincerely meant. Lord, we've been reminded just from one book of your Bible, one book of God's Word, just one book, we've been reminded the value, the power, and even the destructive nature of our words. I pray, Lord Jesus, that the words of our mouth and the, the meditations of our heart will be pleasing to you. God, guard my mouth. Sometimes my mouth has brought me much calamity. But Lord, today, I give it to you again. I surrender my words to you again. And I thank you. Now, Lord, as we make our way from this building into the activities of the day, may you go before us by your Holy Spirit. May you surround us. May you keep us. May you guard us. And may you guide us. I thank you, Lord, for these people who have surrendered their lives to you. And I pray, Lord, if there's anyone listening to this message, if they do not yet know you, all they need to do is say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart and forgive my sins. I surrender my life to you. I believe that you died on the cross and you rose from the dead for me. And I give myself to you. I surrender myself to you. And Lord, in that very simple prayer, that we will begin this adventure of a lifetime, the adventure of our eternity, and that is to begin following you. So change us, Lord. I ask your blessing upon every person here. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Go in the presence and in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. These altars are open. If you'd like to spend some more time in prayer, God bless you this morning.